I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Fashion Unzipped, the new podcast from the Telegraph fashion team. It's everything we're talking about on the fashion desk this week. Thanks for listening. I'm Emily Cronin, Senior Fashion Editor. Joining me today are Lisa Armstrong, Head of Fashion. Hello. Marianne Jones, Editor of Stella. Hello. And Charlie Gowans Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor. Hi. Hi guys, how's it going? Day two in the Telegraph house is okay. We're all feeling the cold. Everybody's wearing mittens. Our offices are so freezing that Lisa just showed us her heat tech and we were all complaining about typing in yeah, But gloves. you love my heat tech. It's <laughs> a really good colour. I mean, I have every permutation of heat tech going. Um, but this little nude pink number, is it's actually quite fetching. Did heat tech used to be called thermal? Well, the this days. is what is so brilliant about Uniqlo is that, you know, when, when it was called thermals, none of our, no, no fashionista wanted to wear it, but when they called it heat tech, we like it. suddenly it sounded, ooh, futuristic <laughs> and modern. Um, and I've noticed that other brands have got similar plays on the tech word. We'll be buying them up in droves, won't we? Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm so glad that we're back again around this table. This is our first time recording in our in-house studio, new and improved, allegedly. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I know we discussed the Golden Globes last week, but we'd be remiss not to follow up now that we've actually seen the red carpet. As most of you know, all, or I guess a vast majority of actresses who attended, did wear black on the red carpet to draw attention to sexual harassment and gender inequality in Hollywood and beyond. Speaking on the red carpet, Meryl Streep said... Quote, I think that people are aware now of a power imbalance and we feel sort of emboldened in this particular moment to stand together in a thick black line. I think that around the table, we were all a little bit skeptical about this last week, or at least I was. But now that it's happened, what did you what did you think? Did you find the all black dress code effective? Lisa? I did. And I think even when we were eye rolling last week, we did say that it, it we thought that it would make a very effective you know, it's a, it's a, it's a visual declaration that is is just so instant and and visceral in a way. So I think I think it was actually I was surprised by how powerful it was. Even though I can still pick a lot of holes in the logic, and there were there were definitely dresses that I think so far veered away from the spirit of it. You know, that were plunging and and um, slashed to the thigh. And then there's that wonderful picture that some photographer got of Kendall Jenner uh, preening and thrusting her leg out on the red carpet. And just beyond, there's um, 
Emma Watson, isn't there, looking very earnest. Um, with her activist date. With, with her activist date. They also, a lot of them had activist dates. So if they're saying don't objectify us, it didn't work because they still all looked fabulous and everybody's saying, oh, did you see so-and-so's dress? And, oh, what about the backless bit on that or the side boob on that? But I think just as a, as a, as a statement about we stand together, it was great. I agree with with Lisa. I think, you know, visually it made a huge impact. I mean, there's a lot of debate going on about... I think the actresses um, seem to fall into two camps, either sort of cover up from head to toe, a bit like Alicia Vikander, although I thought she looked beautiful, to the sort of plunging thing. But I think that's irrelevant. I think you should, you know, I don't think it mattered what you wore I think it was that visual mm. let's all wear black although I did I don't know if this is true heard that some of the fashion houses were trying to re-dye the, uh, the, the dresses at the last minute because they'd been ordered in different colours oh that's brilliant I don't, I don't know if that's true but I'd like oh, we to need think to, we need to check that there out. were a lot of um, Dior dresses there I noticed were. on the red, red carpet and think... of course that collection was so dark well and also she's become the sort of feminist's um, mm. label of choice it, it's it, the timing for Dior is incredible Incredible. Mm. Given that five or six years ago that label had, was becoming a pariah because of what happened with Galliano, it's it's um, it's yeah, quite a turnaround. Mm. <laughs> right Very for lucky now. timing. It was powerful mm. just how many of them wore black. I think it was only three that didn't. Um, Sure oh, out of, for a statement, Charlie, was that meant to be a statement? Um, there was that poor one, lady in red, wasn't there? Well, one lady wore uh, full red, but she's Indian and she said kind of in her culture they wear red for celebration and she felt the globe should be a celebration and mm. you know she kind of said she discussed the dress with her mother and she didn't feel like Brave it would be soul. right for her mm. to wear black so at least she had mm. some logic although you know obviously black isn't a color of celebration that's kind of the point so yeah. <laughs> i see both sides of that one but another there was a model who uh, wore kind of a pale pink floral dress that was she looked very marquesa by the way yeah unfortunate Seeing as obviously Harvey Weinstein's soon to be ex wife's brand is is the uh, other thing that you shouldn't should she wear. Should be punished for the sins of the husband. Well, <laughs> um, and there was also a, a very plunging red dress. It was like a ribbon. Yeah. Wrapped around her nipples. <laughs> but the, 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 there were a few black dresses like that too. <laughs> but none of those three were A list actresses. You know, we had a model, we had a a very small kind of upcoming actress and we had someone on the, you know, on the board. What's interesting is that, you know, in, in the past, 15 years ago, red carpet, especially for the more um, C-list events, you know, the way to get your picture on the front page of the tabloids was to wear a ribbon wrap around your nipple or not even round your nipple, round one nipple. Um, and one of the women in red, uh, I can't remember her name, unfortunately. We don't so, need to say her name, so I don't even kind think. Of yeah. hasn't worked, but... Um, you know, if that was her tactic, I think these days that tactic, it's not going to play. Mm. Well, Lisa, that's what struck me is that everyone was a hell of a lot chicer than they usually are. You know, no chartreuse ruffles, yes. no <laughs> baby blue rhinestones or anything like that. I thought that the dress code really, really raised the tenor of yes. the whole event. And of course, I mean... I still had some favourites. I don't know about you. But. Well, I feel now, am I allowed to talk about this in terms you of, are, oh, she looked must. better than she did? I don't know. You know, um, we were we were talking about this in the office yesterday, about how we're going to cover the awards going forward. Mm. Because the old jokey, snarky tone 
probably that's, no, isn't that's right, not right no. anymore. And Some tabloids are still doing that, naming no names. Oh, please name names. But, well, the male, <laughs> you know, the male <laughs> totally are still... Missing the point. And actually, totally I have to say, the PRs are totally missing the point. I mean, I'm getting so many emails yesterday and today about, oh, get the look, and um, <laughs> <laughs> she got her stunning skin camouflage from this brand or that, and it's like... No, not this time. It's not mm. it's not the right moment. Well However, some still did look quite good. <laughs> they all look pretty good. I loved Viola Davis with her Brandon Maxwell dress and the diamonds and the natural hair and of course the huge smile. You know, they could for each major event now, they could choose a different colour. Do it that way. Bad luck for the yellow one. Know, they won't be doing yellow, but they could do white. It's be beautiful. A, a popularity contest, though, like the awards. It's almost how good of an actress are you? Because the the brands kind of would then descend, and someone would be left with kind of the last yellow dress on the rail. Yes. <laughs> someone, I, I think they mustn't do yellow. That would be cruelty to actresses, wouldn't mm. it? Even which more is what than this they. is all about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only when you're a little princess would the release of your first day of nursery photos become front page news as it did yesterday. For her first day at Wilcox Nursery School, Princess Charlotte's parents, that's the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge of course, dressed her in the same classic children's wear that they've looked to for more formal occasions. A dark red coat from Amaya Kids, matching hair bow and shoes, along with a pink Kath Kidston backpack and scarf. I thought that the sweetest part was how excited she looked and the fact that the Duchess of Cambridge got a photographer's credit. Is this... Is this normal now? Is this how we're supposed to dress our toddlers? She did look like a mini Kate, didn't she? I mean, I thought she looked cute as a button, but personally, I find that style a little bit tween, a little bit neat and a little bit old for Charlotte, but then very much in keeping, obviously, with who her mum is and and who she it's is. It's actually, it, it's it's still how a lot of um, sort of middle, upper middle class yeah. French people dress their children. Very and when you French. go to Paris yeah. and you walk through the 18th, you see lots of children dressed like that. I have to say, I, I think that looks quite adorable. I don't like it when I see little princes in romper suits because that to me really does look like something out of 1933. Yeah. You know, there's school, at private schools, there's still those kinds of coats are standard issues. So... Do you think she yes, said to us, those teeny tiny tights, they cost 25 quid, do not well, but, get them but, dirty. But, <laughs> but you can get them in John Lewis. But I mean, the thing is, I'd rather see that than a little girl dressed in sexually provocative clothing. You know, that that to me is... Is, is is really troubling and this I don't I don't have a strong opinion about really. You never know. She might be looking at her mum and saying, Mummy, I want a coat like yours. Because mm. I when I was a kid mm. I was all, you know, I started primary school in a navy cape. Oh that sounds fabulous. Ribbon at the neck. I mean I did Picture get cheese for it. But, <laughs> get bullied. but um but that's how I was dressed as a child. That sounds wow. like the sisters of St. Ignatius <laughs> or something. You know? Wait, was Erin wearing for just Charlie, you? Why? Why? Did you have a dress like that? Instead of a normal coat, just I a love cape. It. You why were not? destined to work in fashion. And also, exactly. I had this velvet cloche hat that I just adored. It was burgundy. Oh my god, you remember I mean, I bring the pictures and I, in. That's what I love to wear. So Do you think in the child's clothes we see the the future woman? I mean, I used to look at pictures sometimes of myself when I was 16, and I'm still wearing the same kind of thing. Oh, Haven't evolved at all. Oh, my, no, my that is not. Blip. <laughs> no, thank goodness there was no Facebook when I was 16. <laughs> thank Is God. all I have to say. I got creative. Also this week, Eurostat published a new survey on 
spending in the European Union. And as a percentage of our household outgoings, we Brits are eighth in terms of what we spend on clothes and shoes. And the French are 23rd. So we're spending 5.6% of our total outgoings um, are on clothes and shoes. And France are just spending 3.8%. So how are they getting that Parisian chic? What are we spending the rest on? Zara. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that More a scientific answer? Yes. That would be a huge chunk of our spend, won't it? Living. Mm. Well, for people over a certain age, people yeah. under a certain age haven't got mortgages, hence the spending, I suppose. Yes. I, I mean, what? Because what, the, the, the Italians came in what slightly the ahead Italians, of us, was it? Yeah. They came in in the top five. So I think this is, yeah, traditionally the Italians have lived at home for much longer with their parents than the Brits did. So they always spent more as a percentage of their incomes on clothes. And now I suppose the same is happening here. Kids that are, you know, living at home until their late 20s. So Also, Lisa, Prada's more expensive than pasta and pizza. Yes. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, any way you dice that, that is true. These surveys are always a bit mystifying, aren't they, in a way? Because... When you looked, Charlie, at what um, the French were popularly buying or searching on List, that website, mm. compared with what the Brits were, they were popular brands, were very, very expensive ones. Very expensive brands. So actually their kind of top five search brands are all designer. Mm. And they were brands like Isabelle Moran, like Saint Laurent. But Which £600 would buy you one shoe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the British brands, while there was... ASOS was in there, Topshop was in there in kind of what we're searching for. There were also brands like Vetmore, like Balenciaga, that have these it pieces that date quite quickly. So actually, if you're buying an Isabel Moran blazer, sure, it's going to cost you kind of five, six hundred pounds, but you'll be wearing that for the whole year you know, weather permitting. Well, more, hopefully. Than well, exactly. But, but I think that is the thing about, we all know this about the way the French dress, it is much more classic mm. and it is much more with an eye to, is this going to last a long time? Not, is this going to give me that instant hit, that rush that that, that the Brits do? We, we are, we're more trend-driven, aren't we? And well, Their most searched-for piece was a pair of Isabel Morant black leather knee-high boots which would be a classic classic yeah Yeah. the French were searching for black leather and do we know what our most ours was that Gucci logo t-shirt that's like there you go 300 odd quid that's I mean it's such a trend so that dates incredibly quickly but also the quality of a white cotton t-shirt can't be you know if you wear it 20 times yes you'll mark it or you'll spill some coffee down it if you're anything like me whereas the boots obviously will last you years so there you have it. Did you say of, the boots were leather or suede? Leather. Yes, leather. Okay, let them off then. So we're buying more. So we're silly shoppers, but, you know, spendthrifts. Lower price items, but we're buying more often. Well, there's not a huge amount in it, a percentage-wise, no. is there? I don't think we should flagellate ourselves too much. But what is the right percentage to spend on our clothes? It's, I wish there was like a fiscally responsible, handed-down well, number. Well, aren't there some economists who've come up... I mean, we don't know how they dress themselves. We don't know whether they're chic. <laughs> but haven't they come up with some... Um, I did read formulation. It's something like you shouldn't spend more than four or five percent of your monthly take-home pay on clothes, which means that we are all, I'm assuming, after, yes, in big trouble. Tax. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make me miserable if I only spent four percent. I think it depends what your job is. She said rapid self-justification, <laughs> but um, you know, come on, this we, is we a professional have to, interest, yeah, not I mean, just you know extracurricular. But, but it is very interesting. I, the thing. 
thing that I've often found um, over the years of doing this job is that at a party, for instance, if people know what I do, there's a certain age group of women. They're usually older and they were brought up in very in a very frugal Britain. And they come up to me and they take great delight in saying, I've never spent more than £29 on a handbag. And I don't really know what they expect me to do. Am I supposed to applaud that? Or am I supposed to look horrified? It shows. Um, well, yeah, or say it shows, or which would be rude, rude and I wouldn't do that. I think this idea that not spending very much money on your clothes is, is quite ingrained in a certain generation of Brits because it, it's about not being vain. Mm-hmm. Va- vanity yeah. was a terrible thing for my parents' generation and self-indulgence is a, is a, is a bad thing. Whereas we recast it today with, well, you know, you're investing in your, in your brand. <laughs> I mean, who would have talked about being your own brand even 10 years ago? We know so much more now about, you know, how quickly people make those judgments of you and and especially in this very visual world where everything is being photographed and put on social media you you are expected to keep up and present I mean in our jobs obviously we've got to look a certain way and that's that's what I tell myself when I when I close my eyes and click add to basket but um, but but surely who's top of the tree then who's spending the most Estonia Estonia spent the most 6.8 percent of their outgoings are spent on clothes and shoes I wonder if clothes are more expensive there. Yeah, so we, we, we we're not have... getting a full picture of this, aren't we? Yeah. No, this is very, I mean, this is fascinating. And we can I make a lot of it. A, I think there's complete. another thing here about the culture of, of these countries is whether they have that that thing that the Italians called la passaggiata, which is, you know, warm, long summer evenings when you stroll along the, the you know, main street. And part of the idea is that you're showing... Peacock a bit. You're peacocking a mm. bit. And... Mm. Um, and we used not to do that in Britain because it was cold and miserable. But, you know, we've got ca- we've got much more of a cafe society here. Well, we are a huge nation of shoppers, aren't we? We're a nation yes. of shopkeepers, I mean, so we have to support them. Absolutely. I mean, who get... We, you know, we get up on a Sunday now and think, oh, let's just head off to Blue Water for the day. You know, <laughs> time was you'd, you know, I don't know, maybe even go to How's church. How's the abstemiousness go going, everyone? Because last week we were all saying on the podcast that we, weren't, we hadn't bought anything in the sales. And oh, I buy more in January than any other time because I'm so miserable. I still haven't bought anything. And I'm Charlie. incredibly and smug we, about it. We're like nine and a half days in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's like my, my dry January. And I was like, I've done really well because I got to the Thursday really? of week one. <laughs> you can read Charlie's full coverage of the story in today's paper and online. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the great stories we have coming up. So Charlie has just gone back to her desk to meet a deadline and joining us in the studio is Caroline Leeper, fashion editor. Hi, Caroline. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Glad to have you here. Um, Caroline, you wrote a story for this weekend's issue of Stella covering a phenomenon that we've observed in the office, which is what you wear no longer bears very much relation to your age. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I think when we first looked at it, um, we almost thought it was just a few kind of key pieces, maybe, that lots of women of all different ages were buying. So we saw a certain Marks and Spencer's dress and a certain H&M dress that around the office, just lots of women were all kind of buying and rocking in their own way. And then as we started to look at it a bit more openly, you could kind of tell that, like, actually, silhouettes in general, everyone's kind of wearing the same 
type of silhouettes. There's not really one size fits all anymore. And yeah, it goes into accessories as well. Like even Marianne, for example, and Charlie were belting their dress in exactly the same way. And has everyone else been seeing it as well? And and how do you feel about it if you see someone in a different generation to you wearing the same thing? How does it make you feel? Well, for that H&M green dress, it was just unbelievable. I think five people from, I think, 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, all the generations, they were wearing that green H&M ruffle dress that can be worn loose um, or can be belted. So people are wearing it in a slightly different way, but it's still the same dress spanning those generations, which in my day... That just wouldn't have happened, you know, that you were were the same as your mum or even your older sister. So I think things have changed. Do you think we've kind of met in the middle in that, like, because also a lot of younger women don't want to just be wearing bodycon anymore. Mm. They really want to dress more sophisticated. I mean, it's it's partly because obviously the generations have got closer. Mm. I I, I mean, I hope that's true and we're not Mm. just deluding ourselves. But I also think that fashion's working in an older woman's favour at the moment because you've you've got midi skirts and mm. and you know you you've got soft fluid silhouettes. I can tell you the minute it goes mini and there are lots of minis coming back, I will not be wearing the same as my daughters. Um, not Brigitte Macron. <laughs> you know I would if I had the legs, but sadly, <laughs> I never did a mini actually. Um, But I I think also it it did happen in the past. I think in the 70s, you know, if you had a really fabulous... I mean, if I'd been Maxine de la Falaise's daughter in the 70s, I would have been borrowing her wardrobe for sure. But I just think it's much wider spread now because I think most women, when they get to their 40s, 50s, if they were interested in fashion and in keeping themselves in shape, they still are. They're not going to give that up because they don't feel that you have to retire into some good night and into a sea of beige and, you know, those hydrangea perms that our grandmothers had. I mean, it's amazing watching The Crown now how early the Queen talks about feeling middle-aged and dressing middle-aged. She was 34. Exactly, Mm. exactly. And she had that hairdo, which in The Crown, Philip takes one look at and says, if you want any more children, baby, (laughs) that's not the hairdo to go go with it. (laughs) Who do we think is doing it well now? Who do we think gets ageless style right, if that's the thing? Jasmine LeBond does it well, doesn't she? <laughs> she does. She always looks great. And yeah. she's a perfect example, actually, of someone whose daughters filch things from her wardrobe all the time. She said she needs to put a lock on the door. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, Bowden has typically been, you know, more for, for like a 30 or 40-something-year-old. But I do think that that a lot of their dresses and separates look great on younger women and, and not like they're dressing older than their age as well there's that there's that great dress that you and that marianne you and charlie are wearing in the in the feature actually but a lot of the high street brands are waking up to or have woken up to quality now i mean i think a few years back i wouldn't have gone anywhere near some of the high street brands think it's a bit flammable Mm, but mm. it doesn't look like that anymore and there's just really great quality and the stores such as m&s are really really thinking through their ranges um, so that they appeal to everybody. It's well, M&S told Emily and me last week when we were having a breakfast meeting with them that, you know, the, the mother-daughter mm. 
dynamic is a big shopping force for them and of course it is because actually if you go shopping with a friend you often buy more don't you because you have the validation and especially when it's mums the mums will pay for the daughter I mean I'm, that's why my girls would come shopping with me I think they want my money <laughs> I, the only thing that worries me slightly is I, I love wearing midi dresses. I'm wearing one today, which I'm sure you probably have this dress. It's one of those MIH jeans, silk floral dresses. I might have to get it. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's on the out net. I'll have you know. Um, the thing that worries me, given that my wardrobe is currently stocked with floral silk midi dresses, is that if it's in fashion, it is going to go out of fashion. And then will we be going back to this age stratified way of dressing? Or, or do you think that it's here that well, it has I think more Caroline longevity? Hit, 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 hit it on the head when she said that there's always there's always many options. And I always remember my mum saying how terrible the sixties were because it was only mini skirts, mm. and if you if that didn't suit you, you were kind of stuffed, and so everybody wore a mini skirt regardless. Whereas now, you know, okay, mini skirts are coming back, but I know for sure that there'll be tons of other options, and if not. I should be wearing trousers, you know. And all through the the whole Victoriana roughly frilly thing that was absolutely mega for the last 18 months, I can't do that look. But there was there was plenty of other stuff for me to wear, loads of tailoring. There's always a yin and a yang now in fashion, which I think is um is great. And 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 so that is the challenge, isn't it? Is to try and, you know, you want a couple of pieces that are gonna make you look very topical and on the money, but you want the bulk of your wardrobe like at least 80% to be the pieces that you can pull out again and again, I think. And there are always little updates like that Gucci belt or, you know, a new ankle boot or earrings, that kind of thing. But Lisa, last week you said that you think trends are moving so much more slowly now as well, which I was really intrigued by. I mean, do you think that, that that's the case or is it just that there's so many more options now, as you were referring to a minute ago? I think it's both, but I think trends do move really slowly. It's like, you know, I've just uh, written a piece about the trouser suit. That has been on the runway for at least two years, if not more. But it it takes a long time for it to become mainstream, for women actually to wear the trouser suit as a suit. But that is that is starting to happen. They, you know, the jumpsuit, the jumpsuit... <laughs> I remember trying on a jumpsuit kind of 12 or 14 years ago and and they're still they're still a, a thing aren't they maybe that's going to fade a bit with the trousers I I really do think trends take a very long time partly because there's um there's just so much choice out there and in a way the spin cycle is so fast that it's become one long blur of the same if that makes sense so like you get pre-fall and resort and you get at least four collections a year plus couture so in a, in the end people just stop thinking about oh my god is that this minute and just think what is that current mm. which is a much mm. longer horizon mm. isn't it of what's current but the other thing about the coming back to age is I do sometimes wonder whether younger people now are slightly more conservative than Could we be. were and I wonder whether that is all tied up with money too whereas they to be right you have to buy a safer choice maybe because you can't keep you know buy 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 that buy 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 thing of the 90s and the early 2000s has, has gone hasn't it 
It might not be bye, 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 but I think people still go through phases. I feel like me and Charlie were talking the other day about I went through a very sporty athleisure phase in my early 20s. She went through a phase of wearing, I think she said only primary colours or something. Or Yeah, basically everyone has a bit of a thing that they still go through. So I think people still experiment. But I do think young women are a lot more ambitious now and they look up to older women a lot more maybe than they did before and I think that reflects in style so as well. there's so much more guidance around now and how to and I mean I don't think I ever thought about how to how to wear a look you know in my 20s and I know this is going to sound really terrible but I don't think I was particularly aware of what was flattering either because that's not how we in the UK, that's not how we approached well, we clothes. Had no was role it? Models. We Who did no we have? And Trini and no... Susanna. Well, but that, that was, was weight. That, that was, was much what, later, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? And yeah. I mean, there were no magazines. Didn't tell you how to. They just showed some fabulous shoot in, you know, you Timbuktu, and you know where where half the things the credits were models own. I mean, it was completely different. Mm. The idea was to look creative, mm. rather than, oh, does this make my waist look smaller and. Uh, didn't think like that. That's that's why I don't really like looking back at the old photographs. Of me. <laughs> Maybe we're overstimulated now to the point where it all becomes. And at the end of the day, you just think I'm just going to pick the things that suit me. I wonder if we dress better now or worse than. I think better, but more uniformly. Yeah, more I mean, like the, the, I it's think certainly there's been a leveling out. We were talking about this on the desk yesterday, actually. How when I was in uni, when a bunch of us were in uni, you didn't have. Well, like you were just saying, Lisa, like references at the tips of your fingers. And now you can kind of know if something is wrong or right mm-hmm. almost by osmosis. Because mm-hmm. if you open Instagram, you see it. If you mm. look on websites, you see it. Whereas back then, you know, what did you get? You had your monthly magazines, which were incredibly remote. Wrote <laughs> so remote. Yeah. Like, just not relevant to, you know, a 19-year-old on campus. Or you had catalogs or shop windows and shop displays. And it it really took a lot more initiative. So now I, I do think that there are times when if you see someone wearing, I'm going to go back to that example, that Gucci t-shirt, you know that a few weeks later, everyone else of a certain cohort will be wearing mm-hmm. the same thing. And that's why I almost think that trends are moving so much faster because we do have hot items that date much more quickly um, and that everyone kind of wears. Oh, Instagram totally fueled the age fluid thing. I mean... The cosmic dress, which was Marks and Spencer's kind of best-selling dress. Who here has the cosmic season. dress? I do. I've got Anyone? Cosmic skirt. <laughs> you have the cosmic skirt. Okay. What all three of you have got it? I, I don't have it. it. Oh, so fifty percent. So 50%. I went to a Telegraph event the other day, and a, 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 I think she was twenty-one. She was wearing the dress. Really? Yeah. The dress got its own hashtag, and li- communities mm. were blogging. See, and this sharing is the other thing I think dress. is when you buy when you when you buy into a trend or, or you know like. Famously in the office, I'm always personally a little bit behind the curve on things. I hate them when they first come in and then, you know, decide a bit later. So the white shoe, I mean, I hated the white shoe last year. Now I think, OK, I really like the white shoe, but is the white shoe over? Probably it's over. There's always something to be said, though, in letting that first rush of people have their fill. And then a few months later, when it's died down, you can bring it back as a slow trend. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think there's some kind of graph we could we could do to mm. help ourselves, which is, you know, either you buy in at the very beginning or do you buy at the very, very end? Well, I think you, know, you had this, revival. You so. had this, I think, with the Gucci slide. Oh, yeah. It's where you either, you either buy into it at the very beginning I or you feel you've missed the, the very moment. Beginning, but I had a problem because it was fur and I don't wear fur. Well, now it'll be faux fur, right? Exactly. 
So maybe we Get can start there. it again. If you'd like to know more about age fluid fashion, you can read Caroline's feature in this Sunday's issue of Stella magazine. Before we go, let's all share something that we're excited about this week. I'm exceptionally excited at the fact that I've booked my holiday. Where to? When? Well, I'm going to Greece for five nights in May and it's it's all booked and paid for. Greece. And it's just chased away the January blues because I can't bear I can't really bear Christmas if I'm being honest. And I love summer, so it's out of the way. Perfect. Congratulations for being the most organized person here. Thank you. I'm really excited that I have finally learned to love January. And it is to do with that pile of books I got for Christmas, or actually I bought quite a lot of them for my husband as presents, things that I wanted to read. And having these long, dark evenings, I I realise it's the perfect time for reading, it's the perfect time for catching up on a gazillion box sets. It also means you sleep better because you don't have the chinks of light coming in. You have a cold bedroom, ideally, which helps you sleep better. I think I might be turning into the ice queen. (laughs) <laughs> or at least a fan of cold weather. <laughs> yes. um, I This is a bit of a cheat because I've talked about The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel on the podcast before, but I'm so excited for this show. It's an Amazon studio show and very deservedly won two Golden Globes on Sunday night. It won Best Musical or Comedy TV Series and Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy TV Series, which is very impressive considering that it only premiered at the end of November. And uh, Just in time for January. Absolutely. And it's only eight episodes. They are all delightful. And I rewatched the first two last night. I've got to say it's even more fun second time around. It's top of my list. It's so good. And the fashion, oof, couldn't be better. What about you, Caroline? Um, I'm excited to finally start looking for my wedding dress. So I finally booked some appointments and I'm going to bite the bullet and try some on because I've been scared and now it's the year that we're actually getting married. So I do need to find one. What month? Uh, September. What do you you think you're looking for? I have no idea. (laughs) She started with Redate. You know, might as well start at the top. Absolutely. It was a bit pricey. <laughs> Sorry, really. It was 19,000. <laughs> um, so you just, you said I'll take two, right? Well, yeah. And all the bridesmaids. Why not? It would be very chic, if nothing else. It would be very chic. But I think it would be a mistake to put down a deposit for a dress without at least trying on at least 10 horrible ones first. That's the aim for Saturday. Good. And some nice ones too, I hope. Yeah. And she'll be writing about it. She's going to keep a diary, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to keep a diary. Oh, perfect. (laughs) I'm I'm trying every type of shopping experience, and there are many. (laughs) Well, that's our show. We'd love to hear what you thought. Please do email us at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. Follow and message us at Telegraph Fashion on Instagram. And comment on all the stories. And again, please do subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Check back next week for another episode of Fashion Unzipped.